best to start with season one of any series, but if you want to start right here with season three, let's get you caught up. It's been a year since Jonathan Cain died and son Julian took over and completely flipped the wrestling world on its head. The Alliance kicked out and did their best to survive, cope, or strike back. The outlaw Jesse James took the fired SCW wrestlers to Charlotte to revitalize the CWA, and that they did. The Southern Rebels versus Tommy Aloha and Hercules Harris was a huge money feud. But even that wasn't enough for Aloha, whose paranoia drove he and Hercules to jump to New York. After failing to replace Bad Bad Leroy Brown, All South owner Burt Ironside created a fake son named Raphael Angel to team with his real son, Gabriel. Fans weren't sure, and the guy playing Raphael was a complete tool. In the end, Gabriel reached his boiling point and knocked out his, quote, brother in front of thousands of All South fans. Meanwhile, Chris Stanley began a long run of punishment from his uncle as a gopher and ring crew, but he did make friends with ex-Empire legend, All-American Dan Sanders. After saving a lifetime to purchase Heartland Wrestling, Crusher Krawchuk bought more than he bargained for, as his management support vanished. They got kicked off cable television for his debut, Bloodfest, and after swiping the cable slot, Julian Kane marched his empire straight into St. Louis to run head-to-head. Crusher showed up at the EWF show and pulled a gun on Julian in front of the entire locker room, told him to never run St. Louis again, and caused him to piss his pants. Julian achieved a small measure of revenge when he sent a nosy ABC News reporter to a Heartland show to harass Crusher. With the world seemingly in his grasp, Julian Kane found out his father's longtime advisor, Sal Spinelli, had conspired to steal the company from under him with his only chance to preserve his ownership by creating the biggest wrestling show of all time, Empire Mania. The true dream show. Everyone expected to be headlined by rising megastar Thor Hansen versus the best wrestler in the world, Diamond Donnie Gold. But as the year wore on, Julian developed a deep-rooted hatred of Gold and replaced him with Sylvester Stallone in a gimmick celebrity match to tie in with Thor's co-starring role in the upcoming Rambo film. Julian continued to belittle Donnie's esteem to a nub until loyal friend and Empire office member, Nigel Davies, secretly advised Donnie to flee the Empire. Donnie did, but not before defying Julian's orders to be squashed in five minutes, and completely stole the show with a five-star 30-minute barn burner. Meanwhile, Julian's famous main event was in jeopardy, as Killian Kavanaugh threatened to walk out unless he got a Thor-sized contract, which the desperate Julian had to agree to. Afterwards, Julian Kane not only found out his most popular heartthrob wrestler, Michael Angel, was gay, but that despite Empire Mania being the top-grossing show ever and a mainstream hit that captured the attention of many outsiders, it still didn't make enough for him to keep the company. In the end, Julian sold the defunct SCW Atlanta in its Saturday evening WVBS cable slot to Daniel Hawkins, owner of the red-hot Jesse James booked CWA out of Charlotte for a million dollars. It not only secured himself as the permanent owner of the EWF, but ended up giving the Alliance a lifeline. In American Midwest Wrestling, Charlie Gotch made his deal with the devil, handing the power in the AMW title to international attraction and ruthless mercenary, Goliath. 
commitment paid off in the box office, but came at a price, not only making Nellie Gotcha's life a living nightmare, but the drunken Englishman turned a routine title defense into tragedy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. 